It's time to experience Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Hey, kid, you want a toy? What does the man know about toys? Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. With Kung Fu Grip, the hands that grip. I have three of each, one to display, one to open, and one just in case. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. You're not a collector's item. You're a child's plaything. You are a toy! Two figures and play sets for ages six and up. Way up! Fourth episode. Wow. All right. I, I guess I guess it's official now. We've made it to four episodes. Why don't we start off like we do in each of our episodes, telling everybody what we've hunted down in the last month. So, Chris, what have you grabbed so far? Well... I've grabbed some things that are pretty exciting and pretty hard to get at this point. So I can't decide which one. Actually, I can decide. So for <laughs> me, the number one is the G.I. Joe Cobra Island. Of course. Uh, I was a- yeah, I was able to get Beachhead, the Cobra Trooper, and Roadblock. Nobody's got the Baroness yet, but I was able to get those. And that's quite a feat because, as I understand it, the release date was moved up to August 1st. And... I have talked to nobody who found them in stores on August 1st. It's true. I I can vouch for that having walked around many a Target for my TMNT purchases, but we'll get in my my point in the moment. But I ran into about six or seven G.I. Joe folks on one day. Everybody just walking around, running around, asking all the Target employees, where's the G.I. Joe? Where's the Joe Cobra Island? And it was just a free-for-all. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it because, you know, with the topic of the show. But the other thing I got is the Masters of the Universe Origins Tila, which I got from walmart.com. I got lucky and timed it right. And then the Sky Sled and Battle Cat, which if you were following me on my epic hunt a couple Sundays ago, I was posting and I found that was a little bit north of where, where we live. So I got those. And then yesterday I got the Luke and Yoda Black Series 2 pack and the Mission Fleet Mandalorian and Child. So those are the, I've got some other things, but those are the highlights, I think. Very cool. Speaking of Mission Fleet, I'll step in and talk about my Ahsoka Mission Fleet. I saw the first wave of the four basic figures. I haven't been as lucky as Mr. Chris over here. He's been killing it on his hunts lately with Walmart and uh, with Target, but I did find the Ahsoka and Boba Fett and Chewbacca. That, such a cool wave. Such a, a cool first wave. I, I really like these figures. They're very, very basic in the sense of their, their points of articulation. They aren't really meant for adult collectors, if you will. And we'll talk about that terminology in a little bit. But it's definitely geared more towards kids. Heck, if I didn't enjoy the heck out of them. Duh. <laughs> And we got the Ahsoka one. My wife was super happy. She's a huge Ahsoka Clone Wars Rebels fan. And she was so excited to have it and to open it up and play around with it right away. Those are really fun sets. Yeah, I'm going to try. Don't hold me to it, folks. But I'm going to try and get a review up of those because they're, they're pretty new. And I know that that's probably the set that's garnering everybody's attention. So, But Brian, I know you've had some exciting hunts. Why don't you tell us what you've gotten lately? <laughs> All right, so pulling off of the fun little Mission Fleet series, it's been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle two weeks for me. I've been running around like crazy to Target. In fact, one day I was working and it was about lunchtime and I'm checking the Target app, using all the tricks of the trade. 
and I'll share this trick with some of y'all, but it, it works sometimes, it doesn't work sometimes. There's not really clarity on whether it works, but typically with the NECA two-pack tune sets, as they've been coming into stores, they've been switching to a term of not sold in store. And keep in mind, this is only for iOS users or for iPhone users apps. It's showing from not sold in store to out of stock. And as soon as it switches to out of stock, that means, hey, they got some in and they probably just sold one of them. And if you're on Chris's new favorite site, PopFinder, it'll show up as negative one on the counter on the target inventory. And that means, hey, they sold them. I know it's really odd, really weird. Inventory is so odd for Target because Target is smart. They don't want to cater to the scalpers, and I'm totally appreciative and supportive of that. But then again, we have to use some of those same tools to help beat out those scalpers to get our items. And with the, the TMNT two-packs, I was able to go grab my Casey and Foot Soldier two-pack from one Target one day, and then another day I was able to grab my Metalhead, and I was super excited. And then I followed that up with a really amazing group of people I became friends with through the NECA TMNT figures group on Facebook. And Chris has similar kind of friendships with his Star Wars folks. And uh, we started our own turtle power group. So we have about 13 of us and we help each other out. We're all across the nation and collectors buying for collectors and share, you know, sending across the nation to each other, PayPaling each other, supporting each other at cost plus shipping. It's really cool to see that collector community come together. And that's how I was able to get my SDCC mutagen tour uh, stuff, my accessories and all that kind of fun stuff. So thankfully someone was able to help me out with that. And finally, Probably the one thing that surprised me just because we didn't really know much about it. It was a brand new toy coming out from Super 7, which was the TMNT Ultimates series. The first wave finally hit after waiting for a year and a half. And this is pretty par for the course. And this actually ties in nicely to what we'll be covering in our main segment in a moment is the idea of doing a pre-order. Fill that pre-order, close it, and then wait for production and ship out to collectors. So you're waiting a little time, but in spite of that, we got some amazing figures. I posted some photos of, I believe it was yesterday on our page and Instagram and Twitter, some of the packaging shots and close shots of the figures in the packaging from the Ultimates Wave 1, Raphael and Splinter. They look amazing. It's, it's a great likeness of the Playmates original run, but stylized a little bit more with some extra accessories and articulation to bring it to today's age. And it's such a cool, different take on the turtles that you're not getting with NECA, which is NECA is more kind of on point with their likeness, whereas the Super 7 is more kind of playing off of the old Playmates vibe. So I was super excited to have those, and I'm super, super radically excited to have all my TMNT stuff so far. And that fight will continue on in the months to come. I can hear the excitement in your voice still, which is, <laughs> which is absolutely terrific since that was, what, about a week, week and a half ago? Oh, my gosh. It's been a crazy two weeks of trying to hunt those down, just like you with the Joes. Turtles and Joes, it's 80s come back at us 100%. And we're both just, it's funny. We're fighting people the same age as us that are out there. We're trying to relive their childhood just like us with these toys but these newly imagined adult collector version of these toys. And a fun tidbit about the Ultimate Series, there's small print on the bottom of the display box that says, this is an adult collectible. It is not a toy. You're not a collector's item. You're a child's plaything. You are 
a toy. <laughs> that kind of plays with our theme on the intro there. It, it really does. A toy. <laughs> so, you know, you, you mentioned that. And so we've got Turtles and we've got Joe. And now the one that's heating up is the Motu because Walmarts are starting to set that. And everyone's going Masters of the Universe crazy for the Origins line. So it's really, really is about the 80s right now. And I think it's wanted to kind of follow up on your point with the community I think it's really important if you're a collector to not be on an island and to form a community around you and get involved with a community of good people that are willing to help each other and no strings attached. Just, hey, you found this. I'm going to ship it to you. Cost plus shipping. That really makes collecting a little bit easier when things are hard to get. Absolutely. And it makes those folks on eBay have to hold on to that product and not be able to get rid of it. And then they rethink buying it in bulk again and driving around to 10, 15 stores a day to make a living off of it. You know, what's interesting, Brian, is that I think all of these things that we've talked about now, with the exception of the mission fleet, they're exclusive items. And the topic of our show today is exclusives, a necessary evil. No, and, I think it's a necessary evil. Ugh. But I think it's both. It's, it's both, isn't it? It's a question <laughs> and an exclamation. Sure which is. is why, which is why that's in the title like that, because... It's just been like, it started earlier in the year with other lines, like the retro collection for Star Wars and the Ghostbusters retro collection. And it's built and it's gotten, unfortunately, I don't think it's gotten better. I think it's gotten worse, but this is what it, what it's like living in a post, I won't say Toys R Us, I'll just say toy store where we don't have a dedicated toy store outlet. So really for big box, you have Walmart and you have Target and you sprinkle in a Walgreens exclusive here or there and that's it. Says the man who found his moon night last week. Yes. Although I do appreciate <laughs> Walgreens, you know, Walgreens, if you wait, you'll find it anyway, because I'm going to Walgreens and I'm finding exclusives that came out two, three years ago still. That's true. That's true. Ex- except for the Obi-Wan commander, which I'm glad I have one, but that was a crazy figure to find. Yeah. That one seems to be one that I haven't seen sit around. But so the point here, I think we talk about this is that we realize in this day and age that these toy companies have to have exclusives and they have to put them out, but there's been a lot of frustration and anger and people making suggestions on how to run it. And I, I know that there's, there was an interview that another toy collector pixel Dan did with Randy at NECA and Randy kind yeah. of explained it from, from his side, which I can appreciate, but it's been a big problem this year. And I think that COVID has only added to that. And I say that because I think people are cooped up and people need a release. And so toy collecting is a release for us. It's what we do to escape our everyday reality. And so I think that people are super focused on collecting right now with other things unavailable to them. You can't really go out and do the things that you would do. So everyone's taking those recreational options away. You can't go to see a movie with friends. You can't go to concert. You can't go to a sporting event. Exactly. And so it seems like everybody's focused on collecting. Those of us that collect are ultra focused right now. And then you add on top of that with these these exclusives, just boom, one right after the other. So I mentioned earlier, it started with the two, uh, the Star Wars retro and the Ghostbusters retro, both Walmart. And I've heard both. People don't like Target for exclusives. People don't like Walmart for exclusives. I prefer Target over Walmart for exclusives because at least Target restocks. I feel like Walmart 
you got a small window and if you don't get there in that window, you're out of luck. Yeah. And I think a lot of it plays into location too. As most of you all know, we are in the central Florida area. So it is a bustling area for collectors and resellers and small shops that are trying to make a buck. I mean, there's just a lot of competition. Similar to where Chris originally from out in the Midwest in the Chicago area. And luckily, I grew up in an area in New Orleans, which did have a metro area, but there wasn't a lot of focus collecting. It was more of a party town. So I kind of lucked out a lot (laughs) when I was trying to find things. And I had a rude awakening when I came out here to the Central Florida area. So it definitely has a lot to do with the location. But I agree with you, Chris. I would say if I had to choose a necessary evil between the two, the blue or the red pill, if you will, I'm going to always take the red pill over the blue pill just because, like you said, short window with Walmart plus, let's be honest, the staff. There is a big difference between the staff and their, and their willingness to answer questions and take an extra step to help you between Walmart and Target. There is a difference in the way the staff approach the customer. Definitely. And it seems like Target has a global approach of how they want to handle, in this case, the G.I. Joe Cobra Island was timed with the set of the toy department. But Target seems to have a global plan in place on how they handle that. And each store handles it the same way. Whereas Walmart's kind of like it's a shot in the dark. This Walmart puts it out as soon as they get it. And this Walmart won't hold it all back until they set the aisle and everything in between. So I think that also helps too, as Target seems to be a little bit more organized when it comes to how they run their shop versus Walmart. Oh, definitely. I totally agree. I mean, you can see when the planograms are set, displays are put out. Every Walmart is sent the same displays and the same instructions and the same layouts. But it's entirely up to that manager whether they're going to enforce it. When I mean store manager and individual department managers or leads. With Target, like you said, it's a global approach. And you and I have both worked at Target. And we can speak from experience. You follow the rule. (laughs) You, You make sure it gets done. There is a process and a procedure there that everyone sticks to. It's pretty consistent. Whereas Walmart, it's almost like little miniature small businesses. Some like to stay true and toe the line and some kind of just go and do their own kind of rogue thing. Exactly. And one of the things I've learned in these last couple of weeks is my Walmart is a Walmart where they're holding the product back until they set the aisle. And part of that is, is because they don't want to move a bunch of product around. So they don't want to fill the aisle, flex these items out, if you will. So they wait for the aisle to sell down. So it's easier to set the new planogram and they won't put the stuff out until the aisle is set. Versus other Walmarts where I went and got my Sky Sled and my Battle Cat, where they got the product in and they made a label and put it on the shelf. They just made a spot for it in an empty hole. So it's Target, you don't really see that. They hold everything back for the set and then they put it out. But I do want to say, and I didn't talk about it too much in the intro because I figured we'd get into it here. Target, you kind of botched the Cobra Island release. (laughs) Let them know how you feel, Chris. Well, I mean... First of all, the pre-order was, and we're going to get into bots now, and this is a hot topic right now in the collecting community because it seems that the sneaker heads, which had the bots going forever, like the bot culture, if you will, has, has invaded toys and collectibles now. And so the Cobra Island stuff went up for pre-order, and I don't remember the exact date. 
I had it all in my cart and went to go check out and got nothing. It was gone in 15 seconds. I don't know any collector who got anything on that pre-order. And then Target and Hasbro made an announcement that, that they were going to move up the release date from Cobra Island from August 14th to August 1st. And they would be available in stores on Saturday, August 1st, and pre-orders would reopen on that day. Well, in the meantime, everybody's out hunting these things and come to find out through you know different communities on Facebook that we belong to, these aren't register locked. So everybody's out trying to get them because if they're not register locked, there's nothing stopping people from buying them. So if they get put out by accident, or if you happen to find a helpful employee who will go to the back and pull them, assuming they're, they're located, you can get them and buy them. So everybody was out hunting for these. And so you have the pre-order, you know, that they said was going to go on August 1st, and then they backtrack and say, oh, no, no, no. Pre-orders are going to go up again on the 14th. And like I had already mentioned, everybody who went in on Saturday to try and find Cobra Island stuff was disappointed because it was already gone. And I know for me, Brian's talking about Pop Finder. And I was sitting here working, watching the Pop Finder app. Kind of had it going in the background for a couple days, just checking it out now and again. And all of a sudden, I start to see the Cobra Island stuff tick down. And I'm like, I'm taking my lunch now. And that's what I did. I ran over there and grabbed them. Well, Target is a hit or miss, I think, with exclusives more miss than hits. Because I think the problem right now is Target will pre- pretty good with the in-store experience. But Target really lacks in the online department. Whereas the flip side, I would say about Walmart, though, Walmart does have some issues online but I've had more success online with Walmart. With Target, I have had absolutely no success online. And it's because they have no type of CAPTCHA system. They have absolutely no botched bot protecting apps or applications tied into their checkout process. Same thing with Walmart. None of these big box stores, because they haven't had to deal with that issue. They're not the ones selling sneakers and collectibles and very specific limited items until now. And now they're having to react to that community because, and and this is a fun fact, you mentioned the Randy interview with Pixel Dan, pointed out that because of their inability to have a successful launch on Walmart with the first two pack of Casey and Raph movie line, they got a lot of negative reviews online from customers and through the Walmart portal. And if you get so many percent of negative reviews, you can't sell online through them anymore. It was kind of a catch-22 for them. They made so many great sales, but the people who were buying them were not the people they were trying to sell to. The problem that occurred there was the system was not set up well with Walmart. And then on top of that, they're getting reamed because it's showing as being sold and shipped by NECA, but through Walmart. So NECA is the one getting all this negative publicity when it was really Walmart's system that was managing it. So I felt really bad for Randy and I felt really bad for NECA. And because they're doing the best that they can with the resources they have and the options they have. Like you said, this is a post Toys R Us and a post toy store environment. There's no KBs, there's no FAO Swartz, there's there's no major toy companies to sell out of anymore. So they're having to rely on what six aisles worth 
uh, of space in a Walmart and Target. So there's not really a lot of options for them. So I can understand their perspective. But then again, they got to figure it out. Otherwise, they're going to lose. They're going to lose their audience, and they're going to lose their collector community. Believe me, they don't want people going on to eBay and seeing all the memes pop up of, oh, it's an eBay exclusive. They don't want all of that. Believe me, they don't. What needs to happen, and I, and I applaud NECA for what they're doing right now, is a great example. They took the lead on this. They decided, hey, we hear you. You want to be able to buy our product. That's all you want is to give us your money. And so they put their money where their mouth is because of licensing agreements with retailers, as well as the, the limitations of their license for Playmates. They did a great job on developing a pre-sale for the token Razor 2 pack because it hadn't been laid out yet. So that worked out really, really well for them. So I'm curious to see how many people buy it. They still have. So that went up on the 31st and they have up until the 7th. We're recording this first week of August. So it's still in that pre-sale period. So pre-order period. So I'm hoping that this does really well because this could mean HasLab kind of stuff for NECA moving forward, like a party wagon and a technodrome or a sewer layer. There's so many cool things that they could go and do if they can prove that the collector community will support them if they give them that only route to buy through them. And they're basically following the shoes of larger companies like Hasbro Pulse, who've done similar things through their own site. So I hope that this becomes more of a norm moving forward because we are definitely not a children's toy community anymore. They are the minority of the individuals who buy toys. And there are very specific toys that are lending to them. That's more like Jazzwares. That's like Fortnite figures. That's stuff like Roblox. I mean, that's stuff for kids. The stuff for the adults is everything else. Marvel Legends, Black Series, the NECA stuff, all the horror stuff, and the Turtle stuff, and the Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin line. There's lightning uh, figures. And there's just so much stuff now that is geared towards an adult collector. They just don't want to take that last plunge and say, okay, we know kids' toys are over with. They're for adults. And let's ride it out with these community until we can't, until they're done. Because <laughs> Chris, you and I have talked about this. Time is running out. Yeah. I think it was Dan Larson when he was talking with Pixel Dan. And Dan Larson's over at Toy Galaxy. And he, the two of them were talking and he had said, this is really the last gasp, kind of paraphrasing, but, and he acknowledges that he's part of that as well as we are, that our generation now, we're what? We're in our late forties to late thirties and generation is, we're aging and eventually we're going to get to a point where we're just, for whatever reason, not going to be able to collect anymore. And then what? Because the, the generations behind us don't have that attachment to nostalgia. And it's kind of interesting to hear you talk about pre-orders and the way NECA is doing it, which I would like to see more companies kind of move to that. But Walmart and Target, they don't care if they sell out in seconds. They're happy about that because that's a sale to them. So they don't, there's no incentive there. And I think that that's the, the problem is they don't understand the audience. They also don't understand that we want to give our money to if Target's carrying the line Target, which goes back to NECA or goes back to Hasbro. And we don't want to support resellers. We don't want to support scalpers. So it's an interesting dichotomy. And I think that either Walmart and Target are going to get on board and understand that they have this collector audience. These aren't children's toys. I mean, Marvel Legends are what, 20 bucks. Black Series is 20 bucks. The new He-Man figures are 15 bucks. 
the lightning collection is 20 bucks. The turtle stuff you're buying, which clearly says it's not a toy, those are even more expensive. So these aren't, these aren't kid price points anyway. So they really have to look at things and realize who their base is. Now, sure, you might sell one of those once in a while to, to kids, but I go down the action figure aisle and I don't see a lot of kids in those aisles. I see kids in the Lego aisle. I see kids, like you said, down by the Fortnite stuff, the roadblock stuff, those kinds of things. Or they're into video games. They're so digital, think, man. Every, yeah. It's not physical anymore, what people collect at that age. It, we're transitioning from a hardware, physical-based collecting society to a digital-based, can-take-anywhere-with-me kind of society that's a lot more minimalistic. That is what this next generation is going to be doing. I mean, look, even Tops, Tops Cards has transitioned their physical card base, which you can tell they only sell to adults now, to being digital card readers. That, that's where the kids grab them. And that's where the younger people are looking at them. Kindles, fires, these are the items that are going to host people's collections in the future. They're going to hold it on that micro SD card. That's what they're going to care about, all the items on there. Yeah, that's an excellent point because myself personally, when it comes to movies or music, I am a physical, or video games too, I'm a physical media kind of person. I want the physical media, but that's the generation we grew up with. Toys were physical. When we were younger, we got toys and they were physical and we played with them. But the generation now, the, the generations now, they're not playing with toys, right? They're playing with digital items. They're playing for toys for a very small window now. I mean, it's amazing what what a five-year-old can do digitally. I'm like, they've grown up with this stuff all their lives. We're in a generation where we kind of had a period where we didn't really have it and then we adapted to it, but they're a generation that's had it all their lives. So it's integrated into their life from very beginning. And so a five-year-old is able to do all these things that I wouldn't have even imagined doing at five. We had a different world we played in. We took our toys and we made an imaginary, imaginary scenario and played it out. These kids have a digital scenario that's laid out in front of them. They're not using their imagination for anything. Yeah, a lot of it's being created in front of them and it's already developed and mapped out. At least there's things like, not to sound too glum, on it. I, I think imagination does still kind of live a little bit in the digital realm. I see things like Animal Crossing and Minecraft where it's allowing them to kind of create their own surroundings, but using the digital landscape to do so. So I, I think there are some things out there that do that. But I, I, you know, I would agree with you. I think we are in a time of change with our collecting community. As we grow older, as we see the younger individuals start growing into the ages where we started to really dig into collecting where it stopped being a toy and started becoming collectible so wow where are toys where, where are toy aisles what are toy aisles going to look like in 10 to 15 years that's a topic for another show that i'll tease there because we definitely want to talk about that in a future show we have all kind of ideas for that but the the one thing that i think is important to know here is we are in a really awesome time that we are getting such unique, amazing things that are made just for us. So they know who they're making it for. The companies know who they're making it for. But maybe the retailers, as you said, are still a little unclear on that. And I think the onus then is on these representatives for these companies who are working these deals to, to do a better job 
on connecting with their retailers and letting them know the importance of the item, how the item should be sold, what is involved with the item, who's the marketed group of individuals, the demographic. There needs to be better education on their end. And, I, and I've heard some good stories and I've heard some horror stories later, lately of vendors. Um, I won't talk about certain companies, but vendors, representatives who haven't been very good stewards at their local retailers, big box retailers like a Walmart or Target, in the sense of they're also taking advantage of the product and trying to make money off of it and not helping. And we don't want to see that happen. And those things happen with every company. And I know companies do their best to not let that stuff happen with their employees, but it does happen. When there's money to be made in a tough time like it is right now, it's going to happen. But let's try and focus on the positives that we're seeing right now. I think out of the collecting community, like you mentioned earlier, Chris, where we can really band together, help each other out, especially those who are, let's say, in a Wyoming or a North or South Dakota, where it's, it's a little bit easier to find those items and they're able to buy them up and ship them off to someone else who's able to pay for them from afar. You know, let's make sure we take advantage of our locale and our situation to help everyone around us. I am one very thankful person for all my Turtle Power Group friends who have told about this podcast, and I hope they enjoy listening to it and hear me giving them a shout out today. And I'm sure your group of friends, give them a shout out, Chris. Yeah, I, I, we have a, a text group called the Rogue 12 group. So help each other out. Predominantly, it's it's a Star Wars group, and we just kind of help each other out and keep an eye out for stuff. And that's why I said earlier, it's really important, I think, to build a, a close group of friends that you can trust and you guys can help each other out. And I think that we're seeing that in these, what's going on with, with collecting in the, in the atmosphere, that really helps and it can really make a difference and it can really change your experience from, from a negative one to a positive one. On this month in Toys and Collectibles History. Pet rocks have been adopted and pampered by owners who claim stones are cleaner, quieter, easier to care for than other pets, and less likely to run away, die, or multiply. It was back in the groovy 70s in 1975, to be exact, when advertising executive Gary Dahl created one of the greatest marketing campaigns of all time. Gary had this crazy idea of taking smooth stones found on Mexico's Rosarito Beach and placing them in a custom cardboard box, complete with straw and breathing holes, and the saying live, pet rocks on the side of the box. This simple but effective toy sold for $4 a piece and made Gary an instant millionaire, selling over 1 million units in just 6 months, which sadly was also the length of its popularity. I think we've pretty much covered exclusives, Brian, so... Let's, uh, let's talk about what we're looking forward to. So what's on your radar? Well, it's probably going to be more NECA turtle stuff. <laughs> One thing that's coming up in the next couple weeks is the rest of Wave 3 of the Tune 2-packs. So first up is Slash and Leatherhead, followed by April and Foot Soldier that's bashed in. And then finally... The last vial of ooze! He must have drank all of it! It's a Super Shredder! Super Shredder! Some Kevin Nash Super Shredder action coming to a Walmart near you if you can find it. Speaking of exclusives, <laughs> that's supposed to hit in the next couple of weeks as well. So that's what's up on the docket for the NECA stuff. And the thing I think we'll talk about together, and I'll wait for you to talk about your items, 
is we'll talk about together the Hasbro Con exclusives that are coming in September. So tell me first about what, what you're most looking forward to. So honestly, I'm looking forward to catching my breath a little bit. <laughs> now, and I, right? I say that I say that because it seems like we're coming into a, a little bit of a not a major slow period, but a little bit of a slow period. So I know at least pre-order wise, I have a couple things in August, a couple things in September, but it's really kind of quieter. October picks up again. And I think October through November into the holiday season, it's going to get gangbusters. So we're in a little bit of a lull and I'm actually thankful. And I know that's weird for a collector to say, but I feel like I can have a moment to catch my breath and appreciate what I've been able to get over these past few months. But I mean, I am looking forward to trying to track down the last three figures for Masters of the Universe Origins to be all caught up there. And then I'm looking forward to my deluxe pop, which I was really happy to see, the uh, A Lesson in the Force, which if you've been following Funko for a while, they did a Dagobah box through Amazon probably about a year, year and a half ago. And Yep, that sounds right. That, yeah, they put that Luke in the cave, which I thought was all wrong. I thought that it needed to be Yoda lifting the X-Wing. Well... Agreed. Lo and behold, it was supposed to be a celebration exclusive or at least a shared convention exclusive with some of those going to celebration. And it got put up on Amazon last night. I shared the link on our page. I think, I think they're gone. gone now. Yeah. So the I got pages gone. You can't, yep, exactly. So I got in on that last night and I know we can talk pops later. We're going to do a show on pops. I'm telling you. Oh yeah. Uh, Pops, we're going to do a show about them on, on them at some point. But so I, I have that coming. And we, then, we might have to bring in uh, your wife on that discussion. Yes. By the way, my <laughs> wife is now collecting My Little Ponies too. So, Oh boy. <laughs> the Power Rangers, I'm waiting for Hasbro to tell us the next wave. So there's rumors out there and um, we, don't, we don't do rumors on the show here until it's officially announced. So I'm waiting to hear what the official next wave is going to be and to see what's there. And what's weird is another exclusive that popped up out of nowhere was the Black Dino Charge Ranger. Hasbro right? didn't announce that. It just popped up. I was able to get one of those when I was, when I was getting my Cobra Island stuff. That was a little easier to get. <laughs> I, w- I was um, on top of going for all the NECA stuff. I'm walking up to every target person, telling them the DPCI code for all the Cobra Islands, all the Power Rangers, <laughs> Black Dino Ranger, and... They're all telling me, what is this? And I'm like, I'm like calling Chris. I'm like, Chris, hey, what's the DPCI code again? <laughs> <laughs> yep. We were, you know, it was, it was great. You know, just the two of us were, I was, I was trying to hunt down turtle stuff. I'm online trying to get pre-orders for turtle stuff. You're looking for Joe stuff. We're calling each other. Hey, do you need this? Hey, do you? I mean, even last night, I think I found one of the, I didn't find any of the, the metal mutagens or is that what they're called? Oh, the accessory. Yeah, I found the accessory set, a medium. Yeah, Brian, you need this. (laughs) It's just cool that you found one in the wild. Yeah, I haven't seen. I did see the the KC and the foot soldier after you got yours in the wild, but I haven't seen a metalhead or I haven't seen the movie KC Jones and Raphael. So that stuff is. Yeah, that stuff's hard hard to to find out here. Yeah. But I'm also, I think the biggest thing I'm looking for is my Gundam Universe Wave 3 which is going to ship at the end of August. I know I talked about it in the last I haven't show, heard you talk about Gundam in a while. Yeah, I, that, that's because it's like we're getting two waves a year right now, and they're, they're three a wave. So you get the wave all at once, and you're done. And Target's mm. only just started carrying wave two. So I saw that. Yeah. But so it's, it's a little bit slower of a time, and so I'm looking forward to taking that time and kind of just 
catching my breath and organizing my collection because it's gotten out of control. And, and we'll do a show on, on kind of storing your collection and, and maybe yes. expanding on, on displaying your collection outside of our, our tips we give. Hey, everybody, I'm back with this month's displaying your collection tip. And this month's tip follows up on the tip from last month we talked about action figure stands. And that is that, believe it or not, there are actually stands for vehicles. So these stands give your vehicles an action-oriented or in-flight look, so they're not just sitting on your shelf there in a stationary kind of pose. I get mine from Ian's Display Accessories, and he does them for Star Wars vehicles, both modern and vintage. I believe he carries some for some other lines as well. And I know that there's some other suppliers out there that make these for other lines, like G.I. Joe, for instance. So these are a great way to have your vehicles not just sitting on the shelf there, but to really come to life. I hope you found this tip useful. Come back next month where I'll have a new Displaying Your Collection tip. Talking about uh, San Diego, Brian, I think... I think we need to talk about that a little bit, those those exclusives. Yeah, because those are coming next month. They'll be hitting when we're about to record our next show. So we figured we kind of talk a little preview about those those items coming because Hasbro basically holds how many licenses now? <laughs> basically, you have what the Power Rangers exclusives, you have the, the Star Wars exclusives with the Endor set and the TVC set and the, gosh, with the Wampa. And, the Wampa and the, uh, and the box. What else? Yep. What else they got? Well, they have just about every license that I love, right? So, but we have Power Rangers <laughs> with the Lord Draken exclusive. That's it. We have the, the Star Wars. That one Wars, looks awesome. Mentioned. Yeah, that's on my list. That's on the list. The helmets, Sarah, the way the like, helmets set up in that display, it looks freaking insane. And I'm not a Power Rangers collector, but I was impressed. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one to get because that character is really popular. It's not even a character that's on on screen or on TV. It was it's a comic book character from Shattered Grid. So you've got that. You touched on the Star Wars, which is the Endor box set. You've got the TVC clones, and then you've got the Wampa which is in that throwback box. Then you've got right. Marvel. I think it's the, is it the Hellfire Club? Hellfire Club box yep. set. Yeah. And then see, I thought that there was one more Marvel. Maybe there, maybe there's not. There is, there is. It's from Logan. It's a movie, movie two pack from Logan. That's right. Yeah. It has Professor old man, X, yeah. old man Logan version of the film version, as well as Professor X. Yep. That's right. And then I'm not too up on the Transformers one. I know that there's a couple Transformers. Yeah. It's watching... the one with all like the shark. I can't remember. It's like ugh, killing me. I'm not a big Transformers person, but. The shark decons and the, the, uh, the, it's the guys with the three heads. I can't, I can. Think, yes. Uh, the, yeah. It's interchangeable. with pulling the the quintessons or something like that yes that's it yeah so those those are coming and then i'm trying to think that might be it but those are all going to be on pulse and they haven't said oh we forgot so there's the gi joe cobra commander How could I How you that? forget about that one? Yeah. So the third version of Cobra Commander in this very young line, but that's all going up in September. They haven't given us a date. Yep. They haven't told us, is our Pulse members going to get first crack? There's also, so like Pulse extended everyone who was 
got in on the initial when Pulse first launched and you signed up for Pulse, it was free for Pulse Premium. And there's some, they were supposed to end Pulse Premium in August and start asking people to pay $50 for it. And that's, everyone's still waiting to see if that's going to be the case or if they're going to extend it again. But so there's a lot of questions and we don't have that information, but we have price points and we know what the items are. So it's just a matter of waiting to see what the exact date is and times and how they're going to do it. I'm sure that Pulse Premium members are going to get first crack and then, you know, non-premium members will get whatever, you know, whatever's left that doesn't sell from there. But I expect that to be fun. Although Hasbro Pulse does have CAPTCHA. Exactly. And NECA does now too. Since the fiasco of the Turtle 2-packs that came out maybe about three weeks ago, they have instituted CAPTCHA system as well as they have a back... They use a Shopify website, which Shopify is not the best e-retailer, e-commerce site. But you know, smaller companies, they have to use things to save money. But they do have a back-end app where... They actually did with the SDCC exclusive orders like the Predator and the Alien that they did and the Gremlins that they sold through the NECA store. They were canceling orders afterwards because of they thought it was fraud or bots. But unfortunately, it was so smart, it actually canceled a lot of regular people's orders. So they were scrambling to email those folks and those folks emailed them to figure it out. Unfortunately, even with uh, hand by hand going over all the accounts, they still, some people got left out in the dark and not being able to get their sets, even though they had properly ordered it. So let's hope they learn from that experience, just like all the other retailers are, and they continue to make that process better. Yeah. And I do want to say, I don't collect the turtle stuff and I don't have as much familiarity with NECA, but I have been very impressed with the response that they that they gave and the fact that they recognized what happened and they jumped on it and they recognized that fans were, were upset and frustrated and fans wanted these in their collection. And they realized that the scalping and the bots was, was a problem. Now, obviously Randy pointed out there's some logistical issues. I mean, NECA is not a Hasbro. They're not producing these in the numbers that like a Hasbro would. Oh, of course. So, But I do appreciate the fact that NECA got in front of that. I think Hasbro tried to with Cobra Island and it kind of backfired. But as far as the bigger companies, we haven't heard too much, but they're kind of like we've said earlier, they're at the mercy of the big box store. But NECA really stepped up and hoping other companies take that and, and do that as well. But yeah, and, it's and just to mention what something that I think you forgot to, to kind of talk about a little bit earlier, just to kind of throw in there right now, since we're talking about it, with Mattel and the Motu line. And the masters of the universe. Mattel has stated that they want this origins line. They want to get these figures into kids' hands. And so they're, they're price pointed at 15, which, you know, that's debatable if that's a kid price point. But I think the idea is to get mom or dad who have a nostalgia for that line to play with the kids. And I actually, I belong to a Motu group on Facebook and I have seen a lot of them are doing that. They're actually opening these and playing with their kids and they, they love them. Their kids are loving it. So they're trying to get it into kids' hands, but at the same time, like us collectors are buying them up. And so it makes it harder to get into kids' hands. So 
like I don't have kids, so <laughs> I'm buying them. I am buying them and, and, and playing with them all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain. Um, what, I, what I wanted to say to that too is, haven't they been developing or isn't it coming soon, Kevin Smith's He-Man series? Yes, so I, I don't know much about it. I tried to find a preview and I, I couldn't find one, but they are supposed to be on Netflix, I think later this year, maybe early next year. So, you know, it's funny. All the things that, you know, you talked, touched on earlier, all the things that we love as kids, it, it's coming back. Like there's a Transformers, the Earthrise. I thought it was really good. Some people didn't care for it. I, I honestly thought it was really good. I thought so too. <laughs> I got your approval first and then I went and saw it and I was like, yep, I agree with them. It's pretty good. And yeah, now I'm, I'm with you. I kind of want to buy a couple of them, but don't tell anyone. Yeah, see? See, I have two. I have Starscream and I bought Wheeljack and I'm going to buy an Optimus Prime. Oh, Wheeljack <laughs> is so cool. Yeah. I love the design of Wheeljack and he's only yeah. 20 bucks. So I was like, okay. But my wife is like, you're not, you're not starting another collection. are you?" <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm glad you didn't respond back to all my texts earlier when I like started doing research into new toy companies that are getting licenses in China. So we'll save that for another time too. Yeah, there's just so much going on and it's, it really is, it kind of paint a picture here with the exclusives and we know exclusives are so much different than they used to be 15, 20 years ago when a lot of us were starting collecting or had only been collecting for a little while where it was something fun to go hunt down in stores, but there's so many people that have gotten involved in collecting our age now where it's, they're not making them in the numbers they used to because they don't want to get stuck with them and there's more people into the hobby now. So they're a little bit harder to find, but it really is, you know, there's so much cool stuff. We're in a time where they're really catering to our generation as far as collectibles and toys. Absolutely, Chris. Totally agree. And I feel like we've definitely covered the exclusive topic and I think it'll insane that we've covered it. I don't think we can ever truly always cover it. I think it will always be a changing topic and something that these companies are starting to realize and continuing to take efforts like we talked about with various companies earlier, like NECA and Hasbro's and the Mattel's of the world. They are working to meet the new audience and they are working with their retail partners to get there. We just have to be patient. As, as consumers, as collectors, we have to be patient. I know it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, it's a lump of plastic that's been molded into a wonderful thing for us to enjoy. But remember, it started out as a lump of plastic. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be anger-inducing. So let's try to keep perspective and let's enjoy what we can enjoy. Brian, that is a wonderful point. And I think it's we need to keep perspective sometimes on it, on that this is supposed to be fun and keep the perspective that at the end of the day, these are toys and we do have bigger things that we're dealing with in our in our lives and with everything else going on. So I think that's a wonderful way to kind of to kind of end it out there. It's just, you know, have fun, everybody. These are toys. We love collecting them. Just enjoy them. And remember, always go out, talk to your toy reps, talk to your toy store, excuse me, your toy department reps, as well as if you ever get to run into one of the vendors, like a NECA vendor, have a conversation with them, get to know them, get to know what's happening. Talk to your fellow collectors when you run into them. Tell them about the Thrill of the Hunt Collector podcast. Get them involved with our show. And speaking of the podcast, something that we're going to be putting together in the near future is some different kinds of raffles and things that we'll be doing to kind of some giveaway fun to get you guys more engaged and 
to get our listenership up a little bit. We want to get more people listening in and, and interacting and having fun with this podcast because that's what it's intended to be, just like toys, to have some fun. So be on the lookout with, for our social media outlets. And if we didn't mention before, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and probably a local Target or Walmart in the Central Florida area on a weekend or in the evening or in the morning or at lunchtime. With masks. With masks. <laughs> with properly socially distant and with mask on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you're listening to the show and you're enjoying us. Please leave us a five-star review. It really helps for us to be found when people are searching for like collecting podcasts and leave us feedback. Come to our Facebook page, engage us, let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. That's the kind of feedback we need because the goal is to put out a, a fun show for everybody here. So just let us know. Absolutely. So make sure that you continue to hunt us down online. And Chris? Well, Brian, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Come back next month to hear us talk toys and collectibles on Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Until next time, we wish you good luck on your toy hunt. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, we would love a five-star review on iTunes. You can find Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast on Facebook at Thrill of the Hunt Collector Podcast. There you can interact with us and find links to our other social media channels. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed in this show are those of the hosts and belong solely to them. This podcast is not affiliated with any of the toy companies or licenses mentioned in the show. This show may not be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without express written consent from the hosts.